Welcome to Me Time, the podcast for women in midlife who've been taking care of everyone else and now say, it's my turn to take care of me. I'm Kim Aceto, health and self-care coach for women in midlife and your host. Thank you for spending your precious me time with me right now. Enjoy the show. Okay, so today I've invited Angela Dorsey back on the podcast. Let me tell you about Angela. Angela Dorsey, founder of Dorsey Wealth Management, is a fee-only financial planner in Torrance, California, providing wealth management and retirement planning for women and couples. Angela has a certificate in financial planning from the College for Financial Planning, an MBA from the Anderson School of Management at UCLA, and a BS in computer science from Loyola Marymount University. Angela is a certified financial planner and a registered investment advisor. She's a member of NAPFA, which is the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors. Angela created Dorsey Wealth Management because she had a lifelong passion for financial planning. She enjoyed helping others better understand and organize their finances, then put a plan in place to achieve financial goals. While helping her friends who were smart and successful women, she noticed many didn't have the knowledge and confidence to manage their personal finances well. As a result, she found that many of them felt embarrassed and ashamed about their finances while promising themselves to get their finances in order someday. From this experience, she saw the need for financial planning for women. Angela, I love having you back on the podcast. Welcome back. Oh, thanks so much, Kim. Thanks so much for inviting me back. It's always fun to be on your show. Yeah, well, I'm so happy to have you. And there's always so many topics I want to talk with you about. Um, you are our financial expert here on the podcast. So it's always great to hear and you, um, you know, what you have to say. And um, I always learn so much and I know our audience does as well. So uh, let me start with um, just just talking about we're going to talk about what to do if you get an inheritance, right? So, um, so let me just ask you first. Um, what do you first tell your clients when they receive an inheritance, when they come to you and say they've received one, what do you tell them? Yes. Yes. Well, when they first come to me and tell me that they received an inheritance or they're about to receive an inheritance, the first thing I tell them is slow down, <laughs> pause, <laughs> really just slow down and pause because this may be a life, a once in a lifetime opportunity to achieve certain financial goals or to do some things that they had wanted to do for a long time. And so um, you, you really wanna use this uh, opportunity to achieve certain financial goals that you have, uh, make some smart decisions and, and also honor the person who gave you the money. And it, usually when women come to me with, with uh, you know, the fact that they're going to receive an inheritance, they, they have mixed emotions. Um, you know, so they, when they receive an inheritance, they're, they're saddened, you know, because of the personal loss they have experienced. And then they're also excited about the gain and what they should do with the money and, and how they should use it. And so for many people, their first instinct is to rush out and buy that nice car that they've had mm -hmm. their eye on, um, or make some large purchases, but before before they do anything, I just tell them to just slow down and just really think about, you know, what would be the best use of this money. So if you inherit a large amount of money, take your time in deciding what to do with it. I can see why one would be 
so excited to receive it and want to do something with it immediately. Right. Or maybe they, yeah, I, I can, I can definitely see that. <laughs> oh yes. Yes. Very excited. And, and also I would like to add is to try to contain your excitement and not publicize it too much. <laughs> mm, interesting. Um, sometimes family members, friends, well-meaning can maybe influence you. So I would just kind of keep it to yourself until you've established a plan. And then once you have a plan, announce it to others uh, so that, that you're not influenced by what they think you should do with the money. That's a really good point. Really, really good point. Yeah. Didn't think about that, but it makes total sense. Um, okay. So then what should one do with the money while they're thinking about what they're going to do with it, right? While they're making those decisions. Yes, absolutely. You know, you may know that you're receiving an, an inheritance. Sometimes it's very quick, but sometimes you know that it's coming. And so you have the, the luxury of, of thinking it through a bit. But once it's in your hands, um, the, the first thing I would do is just put it in a safe place. Like put it in a federally insured bank or, or credit union account. Um, that could be a good safe place just to park your money while you make decisions. And you, know, you can just let that money sit there and it, it won't gain that much. You know, the interest mm -hmm. rates are still very low, but the purpose of uh, putting the money there is not to grow the money at this point. It's really just to put it someplace safe while you're thinking about what to do with it. And so um, right now the uh, federally insured um, maximum is 250,000 per bank. So if you want to be super, super cautious, if you get more than 250,000, you may want to put it in different institutions. Uh, I, I wouldn't recommend that. I really don't think our, any of our institutions, the sound ones will be going under, <laughs> mm -hmm. but um, just so that you know, up to 250,000 is federally insured and it could just sit there um, until you decide what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Now, if you receive other assets like I don't know, uh, securities, uh, IRAs, or even real estate, you know, like someone's home. Um, what you'll need to do is work with the executor of that estate, you know, the person who's managing that person's estate to make sure that everything gets properly transferred into your name, you know, and that, and that can take a while. You know, the probate process, even if they have the proper estate planning documents in place, that can take a while. And so, um, you know, it could take for anywhere from a few weeks to a few years on the worst case, um, depending on the complexity of the estate and whether anyone challenges the will. Sometimes you have that, you know, you have family members <laughs> come out of the woodwork mm -hmm. and challenge the will. Um, but um, on average, it, it takes about nine months to settle an estate. So usually a person, when I'm working with a client, usually they have some time to figure out what they want to do with, with the money. And in that time, we, we put it just in cash in a credit union or a bank to keep it safe. Yeah. Yep. Makes total sense. So yeah. um, when, once you have that money, you've received it, you have it in a safe place. Now you want to think about what you're going to do with it. So how would, how would someone go through that process of, um, you know, thinking about how they're, what they're going to do with that money, I guess. Yeah, it really, really comes down to your goals and a plan. 
and everyone's different in terms of you know what they want to achieve in life and how they want to gift money and you know other things maybe start a business but I would say a good first thing that's kind of a common denominator for everyone is is first to pay off your high interest debts like your credit cards you know if if you hopefully you you don't but reality is most people you have some form of credit card debt hopefully you know with this money you the first thing first step you would do is pay off you know your your credit cards and not let them get back up there (laughs) pay off your credit cards car loans anything that's bad debt you know like mortgages those those are good debt you know that's good debt but credit cards and car loans definitely you know just pay that off Um, Mm -hmm. and you know depending on the size of your inheritance there's there's no excuse for continuing to carry large amounts of of debt and paying lots of interest and so uh, if you look to, you know, first thing, well, what can I do is uh, I would say pay off debt. Um, and you, know, you may even wonder, well, what about student loans? For some people, that may even include student loans. Student loans, I consider that as good debt. Mm-hmm. But I know some people, even in their adult years, they still have student loans hanging mm-hmm. out there. You know, just clear the deck, you know, clear that out. So you can start using the payments that you were using towards your credit cards, towards your, your car loan, your, your um, student debt, you know, whatever you were paying for debt, start using that to build up your savings, to invest, do some other things so that that money can start growing for you. Mm-hmm, so that would mm-hmm. be a really good, sound first thing to do with with that money that applies to just about anyone if, if the if you have debt. Right, right. Great. I love that. I just paid off my student loans last year. All right. Oh, you really yeah. congratulations. Well, Thank you. Feel good. It feels great, so right? good. Oh, it's so <laughs> nice to not have that money debited from my from my bank account every every month. Um yeah, feels feels really good. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, Okay, so now um, you paid off some debt, right, that you may have. Um, Now, what about if you want to help other people with this money? What are your thoughts about that? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, And that's why at the very beginning, I I said it's a good strategy to not publicize the Mm -hmm. fact that you have some sudden wealth because you may want to help others but you want to establish a plan first and and make it equitable and so um, I would say helping out others is a really great thing you know someone gifted you this money and so you want to pay it pay it forward and help others to honor their legacy which is a really great thing so I would say um, yeah you know take care of your immediate family first um, you know, a great goal is to, to pay forward the legacy that you receive. And your immediate family may not have needs right away. You know, if they have debt or, you know, student loans, you know, you can help them out with that. But um, I, I would not just focus on the short term, but then also look at the long term for your family. For example, do you think um, 
you know, there's a need for college savings, you know, maybe you can put aside some money for kids or grandkids, um, help people, help some of your family members pay down or pay off student loans. Or even, um, you know, here in Southern California, as you know, Kim, houses mm -hmm. are just like extraordinarily expensive. <laughs> here too, here too. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, I mean, you can't even describe and it just gets worse each year. So to help a young person out with a down payment on a new home, you know, that gives them a really great start in life. And that, that's a tremendous gift. Right. So, you know, there's many great things you can think of um, that would really help someone uh, establish a firm financial future with that money. Um, and that's why it's really good to have a plan and not just willy nilly, you know, buy a car for this person and, uh, you know, this and that, um, but really tie it to, you know, what is your goal? Is your goal to really help elevate your your family with with this with money in a way that that is financially smart. Um, I, you know, I would think about that. You know, college, student loans, down payments on homes, uh, paying down debt. However, mm -hmm. you can help them. You know, I think would be really great. And um, and uh, gifts, giving gifts like that do have um, some some tax implications. Uh, it's it's for for example for 2022 the gift tax exclusion is sixteen thousand dollars per recipient and what that means is you can give someone sixteen thousand dollars in 2022 without having to you know claim it on your income tax or have it go against your estate right so sixteen thousand per recipient is is a you know nice a nice goal to to think about. And then also you have um, charities, you know, we talked about family members, but also worthy charities that may um, have a cause that you feel passionate about, you know, look at that, um, you know, giving money to those institutions. And of course, that's tax deductible, you know, if you give to charities. So there's really, there's a lot of really great things you can do to, to help others. and you know, just <clears throat> take a step back and really see how to best utilize that money to help them, you know, in their future. Right, right. I kind of like the idea of, uh, you know, not, not just the short term helping a family, but thinking about how you can help them invest in their future. And then perhaps they can leave an inheritance to their children and that kind of that good cycle can continue. Um, you know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's the best case scenario where someone gives you this money and then you use it in a way where it can be handed down to the next generation and really start perhaps the beginning of generational wealth. Right. And generational wealth is something that is really great, but not obviously um, not all families have that. And with generational wealth, you're able to help um, elevate that next generation so that they could then be in the position to help future generations. Mm -hmm. I, so I really love do that. love. Yeah. I love the long-term thinking and um, how that per the person's legacy can, can live on. Yeah. I like how you say elevate uh, to elevate them. Just that word, just kind of, you know, it's, yes, it's about the money, but it's about thinking about what's best for that 
for them and for their family or future family. Uh, we talked about student loans right now, and um, you know, there's a lot of um, you know young adults who can't purchase homes because they have so much student loan debt, right? And so then they can't accumulate wealth as well, and um, you know, so that affects their kids and their kids and their kids, right? So um, being able to help out in some of those ways, um, you know, or paying for a little bit or all or whatever of um, someone's education, right? So that they can um, maybe get a job that's going to help them elevate their life and their financial situation. <laughs> I'm trying to use your word. Exactly. Uh, I yeah. know. And, and it's really interesting. It doesn't take a lot to mm make someone's position so much easier that's right where you can help them at least get a start in life especially the young people you know they need so much help getting started and um every little bit you can give them if used properly <laughs> mm -hmm, sure um can really help them uh, get started in the right direction financially all right, I'm going to ask you a question around your forte here, investments. So what oh, about okay. investing money? <laughs> what, what are your thoughts oh. about that? Oh, yes, investing. Well, that should also be a part of the plan because with this money, there's some things you want to do. You, know, you may want to pay off debt. You may want to give some money away, but you also want to grow it. You know, without growing it, it just really doesn't go as far. And so setting aside a portion of it uh, to grow for future goals is, is an excellent um, thing to do. And, um, you know, there's, there's certain ways to do that. Uh, first, I would make sure that you have some sort of savings, you know, some sort of emergency fund. And Hey, Angela, I before you move on from that, sorry, what, yes. um, how, how many months, I think you said on the last podcast, was it nine months of emergency savings you want to have? I don't remember. Oh, yes. No, great. That's a great question. It's, it's six, it's six months to a year, six months to a year. Okay. Yeah. Six months to a year. If you had asked me this five years ago, I would have said three to six months, but after 2020, mm. right, right. <laughs> I say six months to a year because, um, we don't know, you know, there's so many things that can happen. And I think it's best to be prepared for the worst that you have a, a financial crisis and a health crisis at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so you, you really need to be prepared. That's right. And That's right. Possible for some people, their expenses are so high that um, saving one year is really difficult. Mm -hmm. But that's another advantage of paying off all your debt that lowers your expenses, that's which right. means that you can have a lower emergency fund. So it all goes together. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I would I would definitely make sure even before you invest, before you invest, make sure you have a nice emergency fund so that if something gives out the roof or the refrigerator car, um, you know, some unplanned expense that you you have a little cushion so that you could dip into it and not have to charge it right and incur, right. incur debt then there's this cycle you know you incur debt you pay down debt you incur debt you know so that having that little cushion there that buffer helps to break the cycle of 
of racking up a lot of debt. That makes sense. Okay. As I rooted, rudely cut you off, you were, oh, no, um, you no. were talking and okay. No, so I'm once passionate about that too, oh, yeah, I'm passionate great. about the emergency fund. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. So once you have that emergency fund, um, and you know, that's, that's saved in your savings, then what, what do you do with the rest? Yeah. So then what you could do is, um, look at investing perhaps in like a Roth IRA. A Roth IRA is really great because the money you put in, you don't get a tax deduction now, but the money grows tax-free. And so when you take it out in retirement, when you're 59 and a half or older, you don't have to pay taxes on it. So, you know, we're all thinking that in the future, we're going to have higher taxes. And so to put money aside today and then have it grow tax-free to take out tax-free in retirement is a really good thing. Um, then there's other IRAs, a traditional IRA, where depending on your tax bracket, you could get the tax deduction. Now, uh, I would recommend that your listeners consult with their, if they're in such a situation, consult with their CPA to see, depending on their tax bracket, which makes most sense for them, a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I would definitely look to invest. And um, if you want something just really simple, you know, you could go to Vanguard and just get like, uh, one fund that's like a target retirement date fund and it balances for you and it um, very diversified. So it's a very easy hands-off way to invest money if, if that's what you're interested in and, and you don't have any other um, institutions you're working with. So definitely um, invest some of the money so that it can grow in the future. And there's other ways to invest too. If, if you currently don't own a home, perhaps that's your opportunity to get into the housing market. You know, that's a form of, of investing, buying a home mm -hmm. and, uh, or a rental property. So, you know, so just like balance investing with debt reduction. And, um, oh, and then also, this is a really good point. Um, if you open up, a savings account or a investment account with the money that you receive from your inheritance. Be sure to put it in your name, you know, ideally in a trust. So if, if you're married, make sure that it's in a trust in your name only. <laughs> so in case, you know, the unfortunate happens, you have clean ownership of that money. A little prenup doesn't have to be, kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I hate to say that, but yeah, you know, you just, you just want to make sure that that money stays um, very clearly defined as your assets so that, um, you know, it doesn't get um, contested or anything. And so I would recommend that you, um, yeah, invest wisely, invest in low cost mutual funds that are well diversified. And then you also um, have a allocation that's applicable to your, to your goals. And for those people who aren't working with a financial planner, I highly recommend fee-only financial planners. 
you could work with one of them to help you figure out how to best invest your funds. And fee-only financial planners are financial planners who do not accept commissions for the investments that they recommend. So they truly uh, work in the best interest of the clients. Mm -hmm. Which you are one of those. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) And proud to be proud. I am very proud. Yes. Yeah. Always have been always will be. Right. (laughs) Hey, real quick. um, The Roth IRA, do you have to wait until you're retired to take that out tax-free or can you take that out anytime tax-free? You can take out the money that you contributed tax-free after there's certain restrictions. So you put the money in and then after five years, you're able to take out the money that has grown tax-free, assuming that you're 59 and a half. But let's say you put money in and then the very next year you want to take the money out. You can, but as long as it's just what you put in, you can take out. Mm-hmm. So if you put $5,000 in, then you could take $5,000 out without, um, yeah. Right. And what happens to the, any earnings? Earnings grow tax-free as long as you wait to take it out when you're 59 and a half. I see. So you just still have to wait until you're 59 and a half. Yes. Got it. Yes, you Got do it. have to wait. And that's the beauty. It, it is a retirement account. It's just mm-hmm. a retirement account where when you um, take money out, it is tax-free, but only after you're 59 and a half and have had the account for five years. Right, right. So I do recommend that people at least open an account, get the clock ticking. You know, if they, even if they could open it up with $100, you know, just get that clock ticking right. so that when they do want to take the money out after 59 and a half, they, they have met that five-year requirement. Great. So a couple, couple more questions. We have a couple more minutes. Um, So we're talking about tax consequences right now. Are there any other tax consequences when it comes to an inheritance? I think you spoke of that a little bit earlier, but anything else on that? Um, Yeah, there's, there's, there really are no tax consequences. Um, But um, other inherited assets like securities, uh, retirement accounts, real estate may have tax implications. The, the, your CPA could help you uh, figure that out in terms of what the basis is in the, in the account. And it gets a little complicated, but for, for most people, you won't have to worry about federal estate taxes unless you inherit a great deal of money. For example, in 2022, you only have to worry about estate tax on um, estates of 12 million or more, you know, so for most people, that you do not have most to of worry us. about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So for most people, no, you don't have to worry about paying taxes on cash that you get. Mm-hmm. Okay, great, great. And then finally, Angela, any final thoughts that we didn't cover when it comes to this? Oh, gosh. Um, What's a take-home message, I I guess? That that would be great too. Yeah, I think that when it comes to inheritances, there's a lot of emotion tied to it. And I've I've seen some clients let the money sit for years because there's a guilt um, tied to it. And so I think it's good to know that that's normal and just accept that 
it's something that you you have to go through but it's important to to move forward and to say how can i best honor that person by by paying it forward by doing good for others and by growing this amount so that you know you can achieve some of the financial goals and help other people achieve financial goals and so so with that um you know, don't, don't feel guilty about um, spending the money, but just remember that once it's gone, it's gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you invest sensibly, you'll have that money for years and years and you'll just continue to grow and it'll right. build that genera- generational wealth. And you may be able to pass it down to your own heirs someday. And so you know, just think of it, you know, if you receive a large inheritance, you can really make a positive difference in your life and, and the life of others. And, um, you know, don't, don't feel rushed into making any decisions. If depending on your relationship with the person who gave you the money, there may be a lot of grief there. So just let it sit in a safe place in that credit union or bank until you decide what to do with it. And then once you're ready, first start with a plan and think, think long-term with that plan and um, you know, seek professional advice if you need it. And if you wanna work with a financial planner, again, you know, reach out to a fee-only financial planner and they can help you put together a plan for how to best achieve certain goals with that money and how to make sure that, that money continues to grow for you. So that at the end of the day, you, you feel really good about how you used your inheritance. I love it. Beautiful. Angela, you always have such sound advice. You're always so informative. Uh, I always learn so much from you. It's so great to have you um, back. And um, gosh, there's so many topics that we could talk about, but this is a really great one. <laughs> and we haven't covered this on the podcast yet. So I'm really glad that you came and talked about this today with us. Um, I'm going to put your website in the show notes, which is dorseywealth.com. Um, and I am a subscriber to your blog, which is really good. You always offer tips and, um, you know, your own personal experiences as well. It's, it's a really great blog. So if anybody wants to subscribe to that, I highly recommend that. Um, so Angela, thank you again so much for coming onto the podcast. Always great to have you. Well, it's always great to be a guest on your podcast, Kim. Thanks again for inviting me back. You got it. Thanks for listening. If you find the Me Time Midlife podcast valuable, please tell your friends about it. And if you haven't yet, you can also subscribe to the podcast or leave a positive rating or review, which is always greatly appreciated. If you're on Facebook, you can stay up to date with the latest episodes by following my coaching page, Transformation Wellness for Women. And finally, if you've been taking care of everyone else and now say, it's my turn to take care of me, I invite you to join our Me Time Midlife community on Facebook, where we continue the conversations we have here on the podcast. Simply go to metimemidlifepodcast.com and click on Me Time Midlife Community to learn more and join us today. It's an honor to produce this podcast for you. So thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.